Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fisherman's Favorite Podcast. We're sitting here today, we got Jace Peterson down on the end, Sam Larson in the middle, Charlie Peterson in the other middle, and I'm Joe Oman down on the end. Uh, we're coming at you today with 2024's new open water products. We just wanted to go over what's coming. Obviously, some of it's already come, some of it is still yet to be launched, but it's out there. You've kind of seen little sneak peek of it here and there, but we're going to dive into it and give you an, uh, a rundown on what we got here. There's deer in the meadow, frogs in the pond, a place up the river where the fish are getting long, bass in the lilies, crappie in the reeds, walleye on the rocks and pike in the weeds. There's a fella down the road who's a real fishing man, give you a stringer for the frying pan. Northland, fish and tackle. Fisherman's favorite. It's a fisherman's favorite. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, like Joe said, this is going to be all about uh, the 2024 open new open water stuff. Um, we did some pre-release on some of these items last year, but for the most part, uh, availability in stores, uh, good stock on everything is going to happen this summer. So we're super excited about it. Uh, some of the stuff we've been fishing for. Uh, three years even in the testing phase, uh, but we've all got to fish with a little bit of it, so we're just going to kind of run through uh, what we like and and uh, what we got for coming out. So Where should we start? I feel like we should start with some of Northland's bread and butter and go into some of the walleye jigs. you got to start with the Deep V family. Yeah, so uh, Deep V family, we got a whole, a whole uh, two new platforms there. Um, one would be the Deep V Spin, and the second would be the deep V flashtail. And we've seen a trend in the past few years of dress jigs and kind of that bling jigs kind of reoccurring. Um, and we knew the deep V would be a perfect platform to add some of that to. So um, we've had the deep V bucktail for a number of years now, and that's been doing really, really well for us. Anglers love it. Uh, but we wanted to add, add to that family, but make it different. So uh, that's where we came up with this deep V flash. So <clears throat> what it is, it's dressed, dressed uh, deep V-jig, but instead of a natural hair material, it's got that mylar flashaboo type uh, reflective material on it. So really bright, um, just kind of a cool, cool looking jig. So, <clears throat> so you're going to get extra shimmer and flash out of that all the time, but where's that really going to excel? Yeah, I think where I see it excelling personally is those dirty water situations. Um, been really excited to take it up to the rainy river uh fish with it there we fished with it a little bit there last year that's been really good um also regionally it seems like uh the great lakes guys you know along with us testing we get it all to all of our pro staff and whatnot but the great Lakes, some of the bigger water guys have really been keying in on that bait and um using it with live bait and also just just playing too so yeah i mean just looking at it it looks like a Perfect jig for dirty water, dirty river yeah. fishing. I know Bro used it on the Rainy River last year, and he also used it quite a bit just around around his kind of area. Yeah, and I think he used the smallest size too for for some crappies too. So. Yeah, he he did. Which that's you know this little micro guy here. 16, that's a sixteenth, yeah, sixteenth ounce. So <coughs> it's pretty pretty cool little jig. Uh, available in all the deep V sizes, sixteenth, eighth, quarter, and three eighths. Um, and obviously has that deep V keeled head on it. So well, show that to him again. 
So if you, like, look at how much shimmer you're getting off of that skirt. Would you say, this is like you took your classic metallic gold jig and it's on steroids now. You got so much more flash and so much more pop than you would with just a metallic jig head. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I'm going to put a little minnow on that and just there'll be a little meat hanging out the back, but added bulk to it. And I think that that's the way I'm going to fish it first. But And it uh, affects fall rate a little bit too. Yeah. <clears throat> Not quite as much as the the deep V bucktail jig, but that hair and or the the flash boo material, the the mylar material is going to add some drag and make it fall a little bit slower than your standard jig. So last year on the Rainy River, I actually had a couple of these. Charlie snuck a few out of the office, and um, we put on a paddle tail, paddle yeah. shad, eye candy paddle shad, and then we could actually we were using a fairly light size, but working it really slow. I mean, the water temps are at that time weren't even 40 degrees but the river had dirtied up it was like the first or second day after one of the forks broke loose yeah so with that added flash it i think it helped a lot compared to just a jig and a minnow or a jig and a paddle tail you know and we've been talking about the dirty water thing but i totally forgot about another experience we had with it uh mike was cracking them on malax with it that one day and i don't think he was even using any bait or plastics with it he was just casting it out and ripping it in and cracking fish off of it so we were out uh working with some of the eye candy stuff last spring on malax um i think it was that first week of opener and we've been catching them really good on eye candy and mike just decided to tie one on and try it out and first cast he got bit and then i think within the next five he got bit again and it was kind of towards the end of the day but he caught a, a number of fish on it before we ended up leaving so Kind of that's outside my realm of where I thought this jig would be used, but super clear water. Uh, he had that moonlight uh, glow color on. It's kind of a blue mm-hmm. and white and silver, but, yeah, he's cracking fish on that too. So I think, again, yeah. this dressed uh, jigs platform is just increasing, and I think the opportunities are endless with it. Sure. Just he- anglers kind of got to break outside of 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 their confidence stuff and, and play with it a little bit. You think about what you just said, and, you know, we sat here talking about dirty water, but even in crystal clear water, if you get that blue moonlight, that white background and a little shimmer to it probably looks more like a spot tail shiner than yeah. you would think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And guys guys really like the deep V jig design. It's got that keel design you already talked about. So just offering more different options is really big so like we also have another one the dp spin that's got a willow blade underneath yeah and that one i've been using a little bit more um again i it it sits a little bit more in my confidence realm but it was another really good one on um rainy lake for us that's where we first got out with it last year is on rainy lake and bro had it and he started just cracking fish left left and right with it but um I think a cool thing about the spin is it really affects the fall rate and the flash. Um, it's got a couple couple features, but I think the biggest thing is you still have that heavy head to get to the bottom, but it allows that jig to kind of like coast and, and fall, just the added resistance um, the blade offers. So The cool thing that I found that I like most about the DP spin is the blade options. I mean, like, yeah. you have you have your silver, your nickel, you have some gold, but then you have painted blade options. So yeah. kind of going back to dirty water or clear water, you can switch it up depending on, you know, the fishery that you're at. I mean, you can use live bait on here, or you could use 
an eye candy paddle shad or an eye candy minnow. Um, and that, yep. you know, that blade will really entice, entice a bite. Yep. You just got to fit the right, when you're using plastics with it, you got to fit the right plastics mm-hmm. just so it doesn't come in contact with the blade. But like thinner bodied stuff, like the eye candy minnow, the paddle shad works good. Just look how you rig it and, and give it a spin in the water. Um, but yeah, I, I really like using it with plastics for sure. But live bait too, just tipping it and letting that live bait hang yeah. back a little farther. Yeah. This one's going to be pretty versatile. Yeah. Um, a lot of different places that you're going to want to try a deep V spin. I know last year we were filming a video on the rainy river with Donnie and he instantly, like I brought those and he instantly tied it on and <clears throat> the video, we weren't supposed to show the deep V spin yet, but he just kept catching them on it. So we were kind of hiding the, the deep V spin. Yeah. Um, but he was either just casting it out at a 45 and letting it swing back in the current or he would just cast it back there and just hold it, and we'd just move forward real slow. Just let that blade just thump and flash. And then he had a paddle shad on there as well. I think another thing with the deep V-spin is with forward-facing sonar, finding out that you a lot of times can just swim a, a jig over a walleye's head, and they'll eat it just as good as fishing on the bottom. That sure. That adds a lot of action for swimming a jig. That's what bro was doing that one day too. We just got in a little current seam, and he'd spot lock, <clears throat> and he'd just put his live out there and would cast out and just drift it over their heads, and as it would come kind of over a little break, doink, boom, and he proceeded to catch about 15 before he told me and Joey what he was doing exactly, because me and Joey were fishing on the bottom, not catching anything. He doesn't exactly <laughs> tell you what he's doing. We just kind of finally figured it out after he kept catching him and kept catching him. I, I could see bro putting like a night crawler leech on there too. Like you yeah. you wouldn't think of that, but he would. Yeah. For sure. So And then uh Michael Showalt there this this winter on pool two Mississippi. He's been catching He's him. been cracking him on that. He's been cracking okay. him on the D V spin. I think that color right there you got, Jace, is the one he's catching him at night. Yep. That's the color bro was using on the rainy too. So yeah, so that's Deep V family. Uh, we're really excited to keep on expanding on that. Of course, the regular Deep V jigs and bucktail are awesome, too. We're going to keep all that around, but just growing that. Um, the next big addition has... One, one more thing about yeah. the Deep Vs. We also got a couple added colors, some metallic colors. Oh, yeah. Yep. Just in the the normal Deep V jig. Yep, yeah, we added a, a few, few uh, metallic colors, and they look really good on there. We got a gold, a purple... Um, in orange and chartreuse, chartreuse. chartreuse. Yeah. So, yeah, it looks really good at that that big eye, and yeah, it's a cool looking jig. So, next we have a little addition to the tungsten family. So, uh, when we first launched tungsten, um, it was it was kind of new to the walleye world. There was a couple out there, but uh, we were kind of the first custom designed one. Uh, there'd been some of those those ones where the guys would take like a bass. A tungsten bass mold, you know, public mold, and they'll put a walleye hook in it. But we were kind of the first ones to make a custom mold um, to design a walleye jig. So uh, the molds are expensive. The material was expensive. And when we designed it, we are like, oh, man, a, an eighth-ounce tungsten is so small. Like, I don't, I'm not sure you need a sixteenth. Um, so we first launched it with eighth-quarter three-eighths. And... It blew up like wildfire, bigger than any of our expectations. I knew we knew like the top anglers would key in on it, 
Uh, but it seems like everyone has taken it. And even us too, or I was kind of like, oh, I'm going to use a combination of, you know, some of the, you know, other lead jig families we have and the tungsten. I've pretty much basically changed to 90% of the time fish in the tungsten jig. Yeah, and it didn't take us long to figure out that we should get a 16th ounce. Yeah. We thought about it, and we got some samples in, and we first first time we saw those, we are like, yeah, give, ba- me, give me those right now. Basically, after we launched it, and we saw that everyone was as excited about it as we were, we started working on that 16th ounce mold. So we have the 16th ounce tungsten. It's a little baby micro jig. Um, it's got the same hook as the eighth in it, so in the uh short shank uh it's a one out i believe and in the standard shank that is a number one so decent size hook but it's a nice little small profile and guys are loving it again for pitching out minnows and kind of floating them over the tops of the heads it's been huge uh on bobber rigs but um yeah, just super, super good jig. You guys were using it last spring a lot, yeah, right? Yeah, I was going to say, Charlie and I first experienced it on opening day, Minnesota fishing opener last year, fishing super shallow walleyes, anywhere from four to six feet. And Charlie actually figured it out first. He had a 16th, 16th tied on from the start. I had an eighth, and the eighth was just too heavy. It just wouldn't, it just wouldn't hang up enough with a spot tail shiner, and I was too close to the bottom, and I think I was fishing below the fish. Um, Charlie had the 16th ounce on and was, was catching them way better than I was. I finally had to switch and concede to, to him catching them on me. But, uh, that's the, that's the first experience I had with it. It was so nice for that shallow water, put on a sizable minnow and just floated across a a sand flat or even in the weeds. Um, and then the, the next time we used it, uh, was middle of June, probably that was under a bobber with a leech. Yeah. The nice thing about the um, the tungsten is, you know, you can get that really small profile. And like you said, you still got the sizable hook for 25, 26 or bigger walleyes. Um, and it worked just perfect for a bo- or under a bobber with a leech or, or a nightcrawler. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it definitely took us a while there on opener to get on some fish or catch some fish. Mm-hmm. And that, that 16th ounce really made a difference, just fishing it real slow rod tip up and just kind of letting the shiner do the work mm-hmm. with that little jig you know it's not it's not dropping as fast and the minnow can can kind of work around swim around and definitely made a difference so when you think about that like typically people go to tungsten get a smaller profile and still maintain your weight right mm-hmm. some of our bigger tungsten walleye jigs you'd lean more into how much you can feel more of like a bottom contact deal right so you're pitching it now you're dragging it across and you can feel everything mm-hmm. but the other part of that if you're just floating a 16th ounce jig now you've got the smallest profile you possibly yeah. can but you also have the feel that you wouldn't get with lead for sure yeah and i know uh tom Wynn is another one who was really excited about this and i think he fishes it in like fairly deep water sometimes um, he's really big on getting the presentation to look as natural as possible, and a jig head doesn't exactly always look super natural. So the smaller, more compact uh, profile he can get, he prefers. So he's throwing that, I think, even in like 20 feet sometimes and just patiently waiting for it to get to the bottom. Yep. Yeah, some some guys want to 
just get down to the fish as fast as possible. Tom, he he's patient and wants to <clears throat> present the bait as natural as possible. So he's willing to, you know, take the time to let that light jig fall down there in their face. Yeah. And uh, it obviously obviously works for them. Yep, for sure. Why don't we jump into uh, the pinnacle of 2024 new products there? Yeah. You got it, and it's not something that people haven't seen but it is still the torch carrier for new products this year yep. or this upcoming year. The torch carrier. I like yeah. that, Joe. So one of the, the biggest launches we've ever had here at Northland is the new eye candy. Um, so what we ended up doing there is um, TPE has been a material that's been in the bass world for a while now, and it's, it's a super awesome material, but on top of bass, I think it benefits the walleye angler more than anything. And some of those walleye, the, the tournament walleye guys have been using uh, some of the other brands of TPE for a while. But we're like, you know, we need to design some TPE products specifically for walleye fishermen. Sam, before you go any farther, yeah. explain what TPE is. Yeah, so so TPE is uh, thermoplastic elastopalmer um, is the technical phrase of it. And basically what it is is extremely stretchy extremely durable um buoyant material so it's super unique in that that it doesn't get beat up uh its flexibility is off the roots you can literally tie this thing into knots um and then on top of that it's buoyant it floats so all those things make it perfect for walleye anglers so you got the the durability you know facing with toothy toothy fish you know they're not going to tear this up you're gonna what we've heard stories of 100 200 fish i know i just kept one tied on like a crankbait last uh spring like i just tied one on super glued it up there and i just used it until a pike finally bit the jig head off like i was gonna say most of the time you lose the whole jig and plastic before you lose the plastic, the plastic. Or have to replace the plastic yeah. um so that's good but really that's that's one of the lesser the durability is um, not as important as the other things because if this thing was not durable but caught as fish as well as it would, I would still use it. Um, and what where you really get the advantage is that durability equals into flexibility, and that flexibility is turns into crazy action. You put this in the water, and it just breathes. It's, it moves. You can't get it to not stop moving. Um, it's the closest thing to live bait you can get. Um on top of that, it's super buoyant, so it floats. Uh, so whether you're fishing on the bottom, it's going to stand that jig head up. If you're fishing on a spinner rig, it's going to be like uh, putting a worm blower in a night crawler. It's, it stays off the bottom, and walleyes just <laughs> seem to chow that. So, um, yeah, it, it is the best material to make walleye soft plastics out of, and we're kind of the first people to make plastics geared specifically towards walleye anglers to catch fish and they catch walleyes but they catch bass they catch crappies bluegills they literally catch everything it's it's pretty incredible and this has been a let's see a th three four year process for this we yeah, we've had those we've had them for a long we time we started the conversation in in 2020 mm -hmm. um and it's it's been a little bit to develop because it's the new material and and you just have to spend a little bit more time with that, you know. Uh, 
couple housekeeping things before we get into the story is it's we had to figure out how to store it it's it reacts with other types of plastic so you always want to store it in the original packaging it comes in because uh, if you put it with your other pvc style soft plastics which is like your traditional stuff like the old impulse was and whatnot it'll literally react with it and kind of turn sticky and gooey and kind of like melt together mm-hmm. um it can happen with tackle boxes all that stuff so you want to keep it near the original packaging uh we also had to adjust the formula a little bit so ours um shrinks uh this this material if you leave it out it shrinks it can shrink so we adjusted our formula so it shrinks to less than 10 percent of its original size but some of the original ones we got in it shrunk up to like <laughs> I don't know, a tenth of its size like yeah. a four inch bait went to like a one inch crappie bait if you just left it out Side the bag so now we adjusted that uh it holds up really good another thing is is it doesn't maintain its shape so some other brands of tpe um say it gets you know we have these nice trays that it comes sitting in but say you just had it in the bag and the swim bait tail folded itself over uh they have some memory to it and hold it and our material really is really good at not retaining that memory so even if it does get folded over once you put it back, it's going to pop straight. So uh, we spent a lot of time getting that material right and then working on the shapes, um, and we got a really good launch. So Yeah, getting getting the right shapes was definitely one of the biggest things that yeah. kind of took us quite some time, and we had to dial in the right shapes for, you know, for the walleye angler. And yep. I think and size too. I think that really, you know, made a difference in, in its success in its launch. <clears throat> yep. So shape-wise, we have the paddle shad, which is three and a half inches, it's got a little uh, flat paddle tail on there. Uh, we have the minnow that comes in two sizes, three and four. That's the one I had up. So here's the bigger minnow right here. There's the four-inch minnow. That's the three-inch minnow uh, for those that you watching this on, on video. And then uh, we have two night crawlers. So we got a four-and-a-half-inch rig and night crawler. So this was developed to be pulled behind a spinner rig, but it also looks really, really good on a jig head too. Yeah. Um, and then we have the jig and crawler, which is three and a half inches. Um, that's meant to be put on a jig. So again, crawler body, um, and, but it's just a little shorter profile stubby. So it, it rigs up nicely on a jig. Oh, and I almost forgot the three inch grub, which is, that's kind of one of the, it's the, the sleeper. It's of the all sleeper. Them, it's say. the all around, um, it catches anything from a bluegill to Crappie, crappie to walleye, a pike to a walleye. Like, if you want to catch everything, tie on the grub, and you'll get bit on everything. So, yeah, the grub is just a straight fish catcher and definitely a sleeper out of the group. Yeah. I mean, Tom, Tom, definitely one of Tom Wynn's favorites. Could you refer to it as like the all-around junkyard dog do-all plastic? That it, it could be. It could be referred line. to as a yeah, in the, in all the, around workhorse okay. junkyard dog. Yeah, okay. I'd probably put it like in the finesse category of that. The nice thing about that bait is you put a eighth ounce or a quarter ounce jig head on it, and you can reel it so slow. Yeah. But that tail is just the, you know back there. <clears throat> we talked about this material not stopping moving. The grub tail is like I I kind of I describe it to people as it's an angel hair grub. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a big flapping grub like a lot of people are used to this is a really kind of finessey grub and it just looks like angel mermaid hair whatever you want to call it just flapping in 
the current with the with the jig so it never stops moving yeah and all these shapes you don't even have to put any action into it it's moving yep. sitting still yep. just in the water sitting still it's constantly moving Let's touch on the night crawler and jig crawler. Where application wise, where are you going to use it? Um, obviously, with the night crawler and the jig crawler, we went with some of those natural colors. Yeah. Um, there's a natural. There's some different core colors. Uh, why don't you hop into night crawler and how it works on spinner rigs? Yeah. So we've we've kind of known plastics have worked really well on spinner rigs for a number of years with our uh, impulse line. We had a leech and a night crawler in there. Um, and it worked good, and it caught fish a lot of places. Um, but it was, I think you were getting more bites off the spinner rig at, mm-hmm. at that point. Um, and the reason it kept working good is because fish couldn't pick you as easily. Um, they, you know, with the spinner rig, if you're pulling spinner rigs through perch or, or areas with perch and bluegill, you're going to be constantly putting on new night crawlers and dragging it around. You might be fishing for 10 minutes without realizing you got picked. Um, this is tenfold of what impulse was. You'll just, not get picked with this. Y- yeah, you won't, will never get picked with this. Um, it floats, so it adds buoyancy to the rig. So I know, like, a big thing was um, fishing spinner rigs, especially if you're fishing with a beginner or if you're making a lot of turns around structure. You put this on with a butterfly rig mm-hmm. and fish it with a bottom bouncer so you're, you know, pretty much vertical, like a 45-degree angle. Um if you stall out around that inside corner, your bait's not going to fall to the bottom and get snags. And with a butterfly blade, it'll actually keep the bait off the bottom. So you could stall around the corner and still, like, I've got bit when I knew my bait was not moving down there. Yeah. It was just kind of hanging yeah. there. So, again, fishing with the uh, young anglers where you're trying to get less snags and stuff, it works really good. Um, just the buoyancy factor together helps any angler because it gets off the bottom um and then the action this gives yep even pulled behind a little spinner rig just the the micro wiggles and and whatnot it's it's super cool and another thing we can touch on with the spinner rig fishing is a lot of people like the using live bait with spinner rig because they think it's a bug thing they think it's a smell thing you know you're you're searching for fish a little bit fish are following it uh eye candy's really good at absorbing scents so any liquid um, or oil-based scent, it absorbs really well. We always recommend you test, like, one bait with your scent, too, because there's some solvent-based scents out there that will, like, literally eat it up like it's the most powerful acid in the world. You drop it in there, and you'll pull it out, and your bait is gone to where you dropped it down to. So test your scent. But, yeah, it works really well scent, too. So it's, again, basically like live bait. And another huge thing is... Bringing bait across the border into Canada has been getting harder and harder. Well, now I don't think you can bring any yep. biologic material across the border. So you have to buy your bait in Canada, or you can buy this stuff and replace it with live bait. And I know um, in testing, we gave it to some some old-timers who have been pulling spinner rigs on Lake of the Woods forever and ever and ever, and they pull crawlers. It's just what they do. And even those old-timers that you thought you would never get to change – are like, hey, can, can we get some more of that uh, that eye candy? So it's been really, really good for that as well. I also know that Hawthorne on Mille Lacs has been using the, actually the bigger, the night crawler on a, on a jig for mm. walleyes and, and smallmouth on Mille Lacs. So. And it looks really good. Yeah. Because it floats, obviously, it's going to stick straight up. And that's just, 
I mean, when it's on the bottom, you don't even have to jig or do anything. Yep. That tail is just so buoyant that it's moving more natural than it yep. would be if you're, you know, ripping it back to the boat or something like that. I, I even sometimes like upsizing my jig because it has so much buoyancy yep. towards it. I know uh, one time I went to Malax last year and I was actually using a 3 8 ounce in like 10 to 12 feet of water just because I still wanted that reaction bite. And when it got to the bottom, it floated off and it, it mm-hmm. worked really good. I caught a ton of fish using the heavy jig in shallow water like that. But uh, my favorite shape is probably the paddle shad. I yeah. don't know but you guys, but that's just my go-to. It seems to catch fish. You can put it, like I said, on the heavy jig and rip it, and you can put it on a light jig and float it. Uh, could you also drag it behind a spinner rig? You could drag it behind yeah. a, That's another yeah. sleeper okay. one that the guys were dragging behind spinner rigs. But so all this talk all. about spinner rigs, before I interrupt you anymore, um, it makes me think of a sneaky little tip. Can we do a sneaky tip of the day? We can. Let's go, Joe. Words of wisdom, Joe. Here's your sneaky tip of the day, okay? If you're pulling spinner rigs or cranks, works for both, when Sam talks about coming around corners of structure and how you kind of, your bait will almost stall out. Yeah, the inside guy's bait will stall out and the outside guy's bait will speed up. And you're getting bit on that. You're getting bit on that because you're changing your speed. You're pulling that. Don't be afraid to throw it in neutral slow way down speed it up drop your rod tip back drop your rod tip back just don't sit there and expect that you're going to catch everything just pulling it at the same speed all the time pulling cranks slap it into neutral slow down and all of a sudden the bait slows down maybe starts to rise a little bit and all of a sudden just whack and there's your sneaky tip of the day yep on to eye candy paddle shad that's one thing eric nag always taught me that i've kind of learned is uh, at the time, he was watching 2D because this was a number of years ago. But now I watch my side imaging, and I figure out what the time frame is from when I see the fish on side imaging to when my bait's going to be rolling through there. And it takes a little bit of of fiddling around, but it's pretty easy to figure out, you know, if it's a five-second count or whatever. But you see the fish, you wait your five seconds, and then you just drop your rod tip back a little bit. Give it, like, a little bit of jig, and a lot of times, boom, they're they're on. Doink. Crappies and walleyes. It's a good tip, Joe. I like, like that, it. Huh? I like it. Yeah. Back I candy the, paddle shad. Back to the paddle shad. So I, you, can, I, you can put it on a jig, obviously. Yeah. It's probably its prime uh, configuration. You pull it behind a spinner rig if you really wanted to. But the thing about the paddle shad is it's so it's thicker than the minnow, right? Yep. So it's going to be a little more buoyant, have a little more hang to it. You put that on like a quarter ounce jig and... You can run around and snap jig the whole lake. That thing's not coming off. It's not going to move. It's just going to look the same as how you rigged it. And it just flat out gets bit. You can fish it super aggressively. You could fish it real slow. Just slow roll it and just let that sucker yeah. wiggle. Yeah. I, I think it really, like that fatter profile you talked about, I think it's like spot on to a spot tail shiner. No pun intended. I really like the the gizzard shad color and the smoke shad color uh, for that reason. I think they look a lot like a shiner. Like It's just my go-to. I have so much confidence in, in that thing. And that, that could be another thing we hit on, too, is the coloring of these baits. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a lot more colors in the paddle shad. Yeah, the, the paddle options. I think the, so the worms, it's like uh, eight in the crawler, and then all the other shapes have 12 colors, I believe. 
And the paddle shad has 18. So like a ton of colors. A in lot that. of options there. But uh, another advantage of the TPE is the the base uncolored version of TPE is almost crystal clear. Like it looks like glass. So we're able to really create some cool colors of it using flecks and pearls. And the translucentness of it is better than anything you'd ever see. It's it's like eye candy kind mm-hmm. of. That's one, That's right. of, one of the reasons uh, we called it that is it just looks so good. Um, so you get get a lot of really natural colors, which we're finding is important for walleyes. Like sometimes you got to match the hatch for sure and be spot on, and sometimes you got to throw something bright and loud, like when you're in those dirty water situations yep. and whatnot. But last spring, uh, Charlie and I ran up to Red Lake. We heard the bite was good, and we had shiners from the day before. Like let's go up there. Never used a shiner all day. We just had we put on MVP jigs quarter ounce MVP jigs and Charlie was using pink and I was using chartreuse and it didn't seem to matter. I mean, uh, if you're not familiar with red, Lake, it has a little bit of a dinge stain to it. Uh, It's not super clear, but we were in amongst a bunch of boats and I mean, everyone was catching fish that day, but we didn't have any shortage of, of always brought into the boat. It was actually super fun because we were a lot more efficient than everyone else. Yeah, everyone else would catch one, run back to the live well, get another shiner on. Yeah. Catch one, run back to the sh- run back to the live well, get another shiner. Charlie and I would catch one, unhook it, let it go, and then we'd be right back in the water. We never went through a paddle shad except for when we got bit off by a pike. Yeah, yeah, and we had sixty fish day. Uh, honestly, the like towards the paddle shad. The, the the nastiest thing you can get into is sometimes the bluegills and the rock bass, since that tail is so mm-hmm. thin and finessey, will pull that off. Like that's that's the only time I've had to replace a yep. paddle shad. Yep. And kind of a secret is you can fish with that without the tail. That's right. <laughs> and it kind of turns into a little ned rig. Yep. And it catches a lot of fish fish like that too. Um, Don't give up all the secrets. Okay, I'll I'll, uh, I'll hold a little <laughs> bit back, but. Uh, yeah, that that works really, really well. You only get one sneaky tip per episode. That's right. <laughs> we each get a sneaky tip, so we got two more to go. We, okay. we know the Peterson boys aren't letting up too much. Okay, they got some derbies to win. So <clears throat> let's all let's go on to the minnow. Yeah, minnow two sizes. Um, the person I think that likes that the most would be Nick Linder. He talks really highly of that bait. He loves to snap jig walleyes, especially in the spring. Um, I think that's all he used last last spring. Yeah, uh, I think there, there's two. It seems like there's two type of guys out there. There's the paddle shad guys, mm-hmm. and there's the minnow guys. And I was definitely a paddle shad guy, but I've been fishing with enough minnow guys that I finally gained the confidence in the minnow too. And it's just a confidence thing. They both yeah. catch them equally yep. as good. Um, and yeah, I think part of the minnow is that fast that fast downfall. That's For a sure. Alan thing of getting that bait to snap up and fall quickly. Mm-hmm. So you have nothing resisting it back. But, yeah, the two sizes in there, and, again, it, it imitates, you know, a lot of the forage these walleyes key in on is three to three to four-inch lures. What's your experience with it, Joe? I know well, you've caught a few fish on this one. My old pal, the eye candy minnow, um, what I found over the last year is just like with that paddle shad, obviously you can snap jig this bait really well. Um so the minnow may almost be a little more versatile than the shad. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
because basically you can fish it on the bottom and snap it. You can drag it. It's still going to get bit that way. But for all you live scopers out there, this is your bait. For a majority of the year, you hook up one of those minnows on 16-ounce jig. I mean, maybe an eighth, depending on how deep you are. But throw it at your target and just kind of hover it right over the top of their head. And 80% of the time, they're just going to come up and crack it. It is it's too enticing not to eat. Unreal, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and and you just trying to float it over their head, obviously their eyes are kind of on the side, on the top of their head, right? So they can see up well. You think about ice fishing, mm-hmm. they're always eating up. Yep. That's what they do. Now, you float this thing over its head, and you're just kind of trying to hold it there. Well, just you holding it there, that tail just quivers. It just quivers. This is so soft of a material that you can't n- make it, stop quivering Mm -hmm. whereas you could do the same thing with the paddle shad but obviously it's not going to quiver quite as much there's more material there it moves a different it's meant to move a little bit right the paddle paddling so that you hover a minnow over them and that thing just sits there and quivers they can't they can't not eat it yeah it's insane so one thing i like to bring up is we keep bringing up these instances of our pro staff catching them on different different areas and on different shapes. Well, we we brought the eye candy, or we we gave the eye candy out to all of our pro staff early in the spring, yeah. and we just kept getting <clears throat> feedback from each of them, like they're catching fish like crazy on these shapes, and we thought about it a little bit, and that we're like we need to bring bring these in as soon as yeah. we can because so we were, and then we were catching them everywhere, Malax, Red Lake. Um, so kind of how, yeah, how, how the development process works is we will bring in 45 to 75 of each, each skew of an, of a new skew in. So a skew would be like this, uh, smoke shad, individual size, glow fat head grub. So we'd get 70 packs of this. So if you got 12 colors, it's a, it's a good sampling. Um, and we use that get up to our pro staff and whatnot well and, and that's and get, why get them away and that's why we eye candy that. is probably the most well-known product in here because yeah. it has essentially almost been out for a year now yeah. but we technically a, it's still a new product a, right? a limited availability early launch with some independent retailers and online right but this year we'll have the grand scheme of things and you'll be able to find it almost everywhere because it was kind of cool opportunity too because again a new product not everyone takes it but uh that limited launch gave us a sales forecast and the people who didn't take it, we kind of called up and said, Hey, you need to really reconsider this and, and put it in. So we got really good placement on it. Um, good quantities are coming in. So you should be able to find it hopefully everywhere this summer. And hopefully it doesn't sell out too fast. Last year it was like a hot commodity for us. We were just, yeah, all of a sudden they were mostly gone and we, you know, we had a, we had some here, a small amount yeah. and we were getting, you know, hey, can I get a couple more of these? Yeah. <laughs> and maybe hand them like one or two packs, but that's the thing you can you can survive. One pack goes a long way. Yeah, you can that's survive right. a long time with one pack. Yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up is so Jace's brother, he went to the boundary waters and he he was gonna, you know, do a bunch of activities, but he thought about maybe doing some fishing. Well, we're like, hey, just take this pack of eye candy and a couple of jigs and yeah. you're gonna be fine. You're not gonna run out of you know, plastics, if you're fishing for a couple hours, yeah. it's perfect for, you know, putting putting a pack in your pocket and you can catch a couple fish and not worry about bringing live bait or anything like that. Yep. One pack of paddle shads lasted him five days. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, that, and, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about using plastics for walleye fishing. Like, it's it's a little bit of a challenge to force yourself sure. to do it. There's a lot of guys who haven't done it yet. I know I was lucky to learn from guys like Tony Roach and Brad Hawthorne on Mille Lacs. And kind of at first, I gained a lot of confidence on Mille Lacs, that reaction bite. And, oh, Mille Lacs fish eat plastics, but... Bemidji fish, I'm like, oh, I don't I don't know if Bemidji fish eat plastics. And then I started doing it more and more. And it's like, walleyes eat plastics anywhere. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they eat plastics better than live bait. For sure. But I think a nice thing about eye candy is it's a perfect crossover bait for using that. Because eye candy is the first, you know, when I first started doing it with on Mille Lacs, it would be rip jigging. Mm-hmm. Heavy, heavy jigs, snapping it. like Reaction bites. Getting stuff. a little bit of drag to pull out as you're jigging it. Um, yeah, you kind of almost don't want them to get a good look at it. Yeah, exactly. Eye candy, I I literally sometimes slow it down and fish it like I'm fishing a jig and a shiner. And it's, I didn't toy a lot around with it with the traditional PVC stuff, but it'll it's a bait that, you know, again, traditional PVC, old, old school, if you can call it old school, walleye fishing plastics, you set the hook immediately. Mm-hmm. Eye candy, you can get a get them to walk away with it a little bit like you would with a jig like and you shiner. would with a jig and shiner yeah. or like you would bass fishing a plastic yep. like they'll eat it and i think part of it's it's so scent free it's so soft and feels natural they'll bite it and you can feed it to them you know a little bit not as much as live bait but mm-hmm. a little bit and drill it and or you actually could if you wanted to it's not necessary like i've right. had fish swim away with it and seen how long they'd hang on to it and they'll mm-hmm. they'll hang on to it so whether you're trying to trigger that reaction bite or just put it on and fish it like a jig and minnow. Like it's a really good plastic to start practicing that. And you just gotta, you just gotta put in some time. Right. Try it in different scenarios, but uh, you're gonna get bit by walleyes using plastics. The best place to do it would be this coming spring. You yeah. know, walleyes yeah. are feeding. Usually, you're fishing sizable schools. Catch a few on your jig and minnow, and then put on, you know, the eye candy minnow or the eye candy paddle shad, and gain confidence in it. Exactly, and you'll you'll catch my know. One of the the deal breakers for me was a few years ago, we just got eye candy samples in. Uh, we were out trying to get some photos. I had a handful of shiners in the boat, and the guy I was fishing with, we started getting on fish pretty good, and it's like running out of shiners. So I was like, okay, I'll save the shiners for him, and I'll put on this. And I actually started catching him better yeah. on the eye candy than the shiners. So that, that was like the breaking point for me. And that was still early in the season, coldish water, um, and they are eating it really, really good. Yep. So one shape we haven't talked a lot about yet is the jig crawler. Eye and candy jig crawler. It's a super versatile shape um, and also a great shape for something new coming into the walleye world, which is Ned rigging walleyes. Dun, dun, dun. Have you been Ned rigging some walleyes recently, Joe? Last no. Year, last year? No, I haven't. You haven't? Um me personally, he kind of did. I guess, yeah, I, I guess I kind of did on accident, unintentionally, but yeah. it worked. You caught two. You're trying to catch bass, and you caught two walleyes before you caught. It, it did. What people are starting to find out, right? You've got the Ned rig, which is essentially just a do nothing stand up on the bottom jig that you kind of j- drag, right? Popular in bass fishing for the last few years, for a while, um, and people just started realizing, geez, I catch much walleyes, and I had the light bulb moment myself last year trying to catch bass you catch them all eyes well 
if you think about it, predator is a predator. Obviously, they do things a little differently. But this is almost like another sneaky little tidbit, right? Net rigging for walleyes is basically a thing now. Might not be mainstream, mainstream, but all those guys are doing it, or at least they think about it. They entertain the idea of doing it. And what the eye candy jig crawler gives you is the perfect platform to do that for walleyes. So instead of just taking the exact same bass bait that you go and chuck around trying to catch smallmouth, um, you rig it up with the eye candy jig crawler, and now you have more of a crawler profile mm. and action. Whereas, you know, in the past, maybe you threw like half a crawler on a jig or something and mm-hmm. kind of drag that around midsummer instead of just pulling spinner eggs all the time. Well, now you can do it endlessly, weeks on end. Hook one of these bad boys up, catch them for the whole month of July. That candy works really nice on a Ned style type of jig head. Mm-hmm. Northland offers a Nedster and a weedless Nedster. The eye candy uh, jig crawler has kind of a blunt end to it, so it butts up really nice to those mushroom mushroom style type jig heads. Um, you know, with a size one or one out hook, works perfect for for those applications. Some of the cool thing, one of the cool things about the the night crawler and the jig crawlers, you get that the core shot, um, yeah, colors, and those have been those have been some of the the favorite um, favorites from the anglers, like the screen with the purple mm-hmm. inside, and then we have like the natural the natural core cores. That that one was yeah, that's like that a, seemed to be everyone's. Favorite. It's kind of like a a bass peanut butter and jelly where it's yeah. got like a like a natural crawler outside core, and then the inside is purple. So it kind of looks like dark and and black from below, but if you like look up into it in the light, like what the fish would see, you see that like purple just shines bright and it's yeah really fluorescent and so that that's cool. And we're we're looking at the same thing here as we are with the grub and the minnow, right? If you connect this to a Ned rig and you're just dragging it along the bottom, you don't have to really move the bait very much to get that tail to just sit there and quiver so it's going to be standing up on the bottom and the tail is just going to quiver just like the minnow and the grub so soft so lifelike that it will not (coughs) stop moving and like we know from bass fishing sometimes lack of action is more important in this technique than action so just drag it and just keep the rod there making it move without making it move yeah for sure like bass fishing around with neds and and stuff most of my accidental walleye catches during bass fishing i'd say 90 percent or more have been on net rigs like you can catch and i always try to do the slam when we're out in the boat and see how many species you can catch on a a net but it it catches them all but for sure the walleyes like eating the net oh yeah another thing the jig crawler and and the other shapes are real good for is drop shotting yeah and that's another thing that's gained popularity and for walleye fishing but you know, the jig crawler is perfect drop shot bait. Perfect. And, uh, yeah, no, that's like huge point that all these bass tactics are just catching on in walleye. And the thing about eye candy is it's so buoyant and flexible. Not every shape works great on a drop shot just because that tail just wants to float up. But the bulbousness of the body and kind of how the rib and the tail is teed out, it, it's a shape that doesn't just want to kink up in a U. Uh, we thought the night crawler, the four and a half inch night crawler, would be a killer drop shot, but it's it's not that great. If you keep it moving, it works. 
Uh, but if you just let it sit, it just kind of folds up in half mm-hmm. or follows straight up the line. It's, it's too buoyant. So you got to uh, have a shape that's got a little bit of rigidity to it. Um, and the, the J Crawler is cool. Another thing, kind of all the eye candy, you can do little modifications to trim it. But uh, especially the jig crawler is it's got the split tail and you, you stole my sneaky tip of the. Oh, did I? Okay. Well, we can, we can talk about it together, but you, you sometimes almost need a scissors, but if you rip it apart here, that tail s- sits into a little V split tail and that looks super good on the bottom. Um, just t- change the overall look of it and more of like a minnow split tail, even like a little craw legs hanging up so little modifications like that are yeah we're, we're actually learning more and more about the eye candy plastics like different ways that we can utilize them and fish them you know since we first got them and that's a thing that we've been seeing some of the pros do too bro he'll send us picture of a of one of our eye candy plastics and it it doesn't quite look like it did when it came out of the package but he said this this is working for me so we're we're not uh we're all for that. If if you can make a modification to it, the the, the plastic itself can, uh, you know, it doesn't hold memory, and you can, yeah, you can cut it up, change it, and like you said, Short, if your paddle shad, like if that, if somehow the tail snaps off or breaks off, you can just save that to use as a net or as just net, keep yeah. fishing like like it is. Yeah, it works as a super super good net. So. Yeah, um, but you, so you're talking about all like new techniques to the world of walleye fishing, relatively new techniques, like it, things that haven't been commonplace for forever. But there's absolutely no reason that you can't strap that onto just your classic regular old round ball jig. Oh yeah, for and sure. Send it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You're still gonna get bit just the same. Yep. Um, so it's not you know. There's fun, sneaky little new things that are hip or getting hip, but you replace your half of a crawler with that, not getting your crawler stolen by perch, you can fish all day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's, uh, as we wrap up eye candy kind of all together, let's talk a little bit about a few uh, rigging tips we've learned, um, just some stuff, because the material, it's, it's different. It's like super stretchy. So let's just run through that before we run into some of the other products. Um, but I think one thing, since eye candy is so stretchy, uh, you almost have to rig it past where you want to, to get a good rig. Like that was one thing we get from a lot of people is, oh, it's, it's kind of hard to rig. Um, so what we like to do is push the hook point in, have the plastic pop out where you want it to pop out, and then you're almost going to pull on the front of that plastic and like snap it, like literally try to pull and stretch that plastic around the jig head, and that'll help it shim up nice to the jig, and it, it'll look really good, and it'll stay on forever then. But, but now also, Sam, yeah. uh, if, if you do not have a lot of experience rigging soft plastics, the, the first thing that's going to make your life a little easier is you take that soft plastic, lay it along the shank of the hook yep. about where it would line up with the head, and then you can kind of picture, you can see where the hook shank should be coming out. And then you aim for that as you come yep. through the bait. It, def- it definitely takes some getting used to, but the sweet thing about these eye candy shapes is if you mess up the first time, the second time, the third time, the, the plastics, time. yeah, it's 
it's not going to change. Just you have as many chances as you need you think to get it to right. Like old school plastics, yeah. regular plastic formula. Sometimes with a very soft bait, you mess that rigging up once, and it's over. You've now ruined. Yeah. Done yeah. it so many times. Yeah, but eye candy you can rig up. Just keep poking holes in it, and it'll be just fine. Um, Sam, Sam, you kind of talked about how you want to snap it onto the jig head. This material doesn't work very well if you have, say, a barb, like a wire or a plastic keeper. If you keep pushing, it doesn't necessarily go up like regular plastic, PVC plastic. That's where Sam is referring to yeah, that snap. Like pulling it down and yep. pulling it around. Pulling exactly. It past. Um, and then one thing we all really like to do, and it'll help with the longevity of it, is super glue. Uh, <coughs> just keep a little super glue in your boat and add a little dot up by the jig head or on the bait collar, and that thing literally turns into a lure. Like, you will not have to replace it until a pike yeah. bites it off. So, Yeah, it's definitely um, a good addition. I, I honestly haven't used super glue, like, ever. So really? it's not really I haven't, necessary. I haven't either. It's really not but necessary. Like, <laughs> you get it on there, and it's, it's going to stick. It might... It'll still you stick know, longer you, than your traditional plastic, but... If you do add a dab of super glue, you it won't have, get pulled down. It won't get yeah. pulled yeah. down, and you have seriously extended the life yeah. of your plastic. And I, that's a good point, Charlie. That you don't need super glue to keep your bait on. Like very rarely do they pull the whole bait off, but sometimes they do the little pull down. You gotta <laughs> fix your plastic and shim yeah. it back up. Um, I like using super glue. But another thing is jig collars. Um, so the tungsten jig collar is dynamite on this TPE just because it's sharpness and it's got a little bit of um, width to it. It really helps hold it on. Um, wire collars work good too if you get that snap on, but like Jay said, they're a little bit harder to rig, so you have to do it. Um, but pretty much any any collar works good, but the we, we find the tungsten, the wire, and the smeltinator work really, really well for that. Yeah, the double, the double barb... Um keeper on the tungsten jig seems to be the best for yeah. the eye candy that that's one that i don't usually use super glue with yeah just because it it holds it up good enough so let's go on to something else let's go on to a a little more reaction where you do need to you do need to rip it a little bit uh -oh. next wallet joe uh-oh this is kind of your bait i feel like um this is one that you've played around with a little bit some people know that I really enjoy what you would call, some people would call it a glide bait. Some people would call it a, uh, some sort of a rip bait. Um, but you're talking, now we have another one that is maybe not necessarily brand new to everyone. This was an early launch this fall. It is the Pitchin Puppet. So this is an overhauled version of our classic puppet minnow. Now, um, meant for casting and retrieving. Right, meant for casting and retrieving. Or not meant, designed for, does right. anything. Can be fished vertically, yep. like mm -hmm. your classic uh, jigging-style puppet minnow, but was really designed to be casted and snapped. Yep. Now, what you have here is an oversized back hook. How much bigger do you think that is, Sam? Significantly, <laughs> twice as big. Significantly larger back hook, yeah. and no front hook. Yeah, the the puppet minnow hooks is is. I feel like it just hasn't been 
So it was originally developed um, as a vertical jigging lure in Europe and then kind of came over here at the ice fishing market. Um, but it, they were, that style of lure has always been designed towards vertical and it's custom hook in it that uh, only a handful of manufacturers make and no one's really designed a new better hook for it. Um, so it just kind of been what's available. So we took it, built a new hook for it, kind of just designed everything for this new technique of casting and retrieving these lures. But like Joey said, it works great vertical jigging too. Yeah, and it's not really a new technique. Obviously, it's people have been catching them on these style yeah. lures for a while. But we just wanted to, you know, design one that was, yeah. you know, for pitching. Tell us about the body here, Sam. Yeah, so... So the overall details of this, uh, like Joey said, got a, a massive back hook, uh, no front hook, again, because we designed it to be casted and retrieved, so you're going to be ramming it into the bottom, so no front hook on there. Um, the treble hook actually has like a little raised fin. A uh, big problem with these style of baits is sometimes the treble hook likes to loop up and catch on the backside of the jig or catch over the line, so that little fin... Uh, it helps it track in the water, but it also prevents that treble hook from getting caught and tangled. Um, and then the meat and potatoes of the whole thing is it is a resin overmolded body. So the whole thing, like our glass buckshot spoon, is encased in this resin material. Um, and that gives you a few different things. A, I think it gives it a really cool kind of that semi-transparent bait fish look. You know, it looks like a minnow does. It kind of has that three-dimensional uh, feels and textures to it. Uh, B, it makes them extremely, or it protects the paint. You know, a lot of times you're fishing this around rocks and whatnot and bashing it into the ground. Like, you won't chip the paint. Like, they get, they actually get a little foggy when they get scratched up just because they get scratched up. But as soon as you put that in the water, that fog goes away. Uh, but the biggest thing is, when casting and retrieving these things, guys were constantly breaking off the tails in the rocks. Um, it's just been a customer service challenge we've had forever. Uh, we've built the original puppet minnow as strong as you can without sacrificing action, but that little ABS tail the puppet minnow has, um, it's just, if you bounce it into rocks long enough, it's going to break. So it's just It's just glued on, and it's you know, light plastic and it's going to break. And that's been one of the major downfalls of that design for pitch for forever. Yeah. You know, if you're talking about a puppet minnow, a jig and wrap, um, it, it doesn't matter. All those tails are just glued on. Yeah. And obviously glue is always going to have some sort of a breaking point. And these baits, you probably fish harder than anything else that you have. It's a big piece of lead. You're moving it fast. Yeah. It's crashing into the rocks and, the Your bites are aggressive, just, right? And they're grabbing it right away, and and so this those other designs weren't designed to do that, no. and that's why the tails aren't going to hold yeah. up. Mm -hmm. And these, you can just bash on the rocks and the in yeah. the bottom all day long and catch fish, and the tail's not going to go. Yeah, anywhere. and it, it's like I said, the so it's overmold. So the tail is part of the body, and I think that resin material is a lot tougher than the ABS plastic too. Um, but also we don't sacrifice any action. So, I mean, some other manufacturers out there have put metal ones 
and and it just messes up the balance of these things. You got to have that weight forward design so this thing tumbles and rolls when you snap jig it. Um, so we've had it. Let's see, testing two years. Uh, last summer there was a good handful out in the marketplace, and I've yet to hear anyone break one yet. That's probably I, I just jinx myself. Someone's gonna go throw it in the rock, but no, they are they're super super tough. So yeah, and we sold these on the website. <laughs> Last year had a limited had run a in again. Early uh, release in September, I believe, end of October. How quick September. did we sell out? Wasn't it like a record? Yeah, it was, they, uh, they basically all moved in a week, four, um, four days. So and yeah, let's say the majority of like the good skews, the good colors and sizes went over the weekend, right? Right. Yeah. Now, the other thing, you know, obviously, if you look at this bait, the first thing you notice: huge hook, right, and then an overmolded resin body. But one other thing is that's an eye catcher right off the bat. When you put that resin over, like metallics especially, mm-hmm. yeah. it just pops. The cosmetics are really, really good. Like it is beautiful looking. And then the resin also gave you the ability to have multiple different colored tails. Here Charlie's got a pink tail. Yep. This is green. So depending on the color pattern, you also have uh, tipped tails, yep. which typically you never saw before. It was always just clear plastic. And these things got a crazy action to them. Like they're, yeah. it's a different action than the puppet it's, it's minnow, but it's yeah. a good different. Um, you notice that you actually don't need to snap it as hard yep. or jig it as hard because it's gonna fly left and right and, and and they have a little bit more of that belly roll. Like yeah. our puppet minnow kind of scoots side to side. I think that's like a really good cray- crayfish imitator when it scoots side to side like that. But this thing, when you rip it it comes and it rolls the belly. So I think you get a little bit more of that dying dying minnow. Um, you also get that contrast flash. So, you know, this one, um, kind of a glow chub color, orange back, white bottom. As you rip it, that white belly flares and flashes. So mm-hmm. I think that's a triggering factor for sure too. But a uh, fun story about this, when we got the first first ones in, got like a handful in, like a dozen. And... I gave one to bro and I said, Hey, go test this out for me. Let me know what you think. And you know, this is like one of five at this point, like really early on in the development cycle. And so I can only give a handful out because if you lose them, we got nothing to compare it to, no, <laughs> yeah. you know, no reference or whatnot. So bro went out there and fish it and he's like, Oh, I was catching a lot of fish on it and being good and careful with it. But finally a pike bit him off. And for, like, the next two or three weeks, he kept calling me. He's like, hey, uh, you know, and usually, like, he can find something that they're biting on. Like, he just can catch him. He could catch him on a piece of bread for <laughs> what we know. But he kept calling me. He's like, hey, you get some more of those yet? You get some more of those yet? And when he starts calling me and asking for more of a new, new thing, then I know it's going to be a really, really good fish catcher because mm-hmm. I know he he doesn't he, – he needs it. He doesn't want it. He needs it back. So, yeah. yeah. We talked about how these were released last fall, and they sold they sold well last fall. But they are available now in three colors, a bunch three, of different three, or sizes. three sizes. Excuse me, bunch of different colors. Um, that middle size would probably be the most popular walleye size, at least for the guys you know in the upper Midwest. Yep, and that's the five eighths ounce size. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a five sixteenths, which is just above a quarter, and then a one ounce, a big big dog out there. So. Yep. Uh, Kind of all the sizes fit in the walleye realm of things. Uh, and, again, they're just 
a good good reaction bait. So That's right. we're excited for them. Uh, Segwaying to reaction baits, we got another fun little one. Uh, is our new micro rumble bugs. Um, so this is kind of an opportunity we had with our uh, our balsa development of these rumble bugs, which has been in the Northland lineup uh, since we started selling cranks, I believe. Um, we have a smaller body of them. So we actually have a three centimeter body and a two and a half centimeter body. So it's the size three and two. Um, and they are just fun little fish catchers. Yeah. Like, um, it's like, exactly what they are. They're fish catchers. Yeah, <laughs> like you just tie them onto a spinning rod and go. You can beat around the bank, off the dock, mm-hmm. in a little boat, in a big boat, and they just catch everything um, from giant bass to bluegills, crappies. I think I've. They're going to be a sneaky walleye bait, though. Yeah, yeah for I sure. Imagine like small bait fish, even on lead core. Yeah, lead core. Yeah, for, for sure. And a cool thing about them is they run, you know, a lot of times when you get little baits like that, the action suffers mm-hmm. um and when we first got them i was amazed because you could not burn them out you can reel as fast as you want to and that thing runs and, and tracks good so yep. it's uh it's really cool so yeah we got two sizes of that they all come in these little three packs um sold on our website uh exclusively right now we might get them into some retailers but you can find them on our website and then we got a few different color combinations so we got kind of a trout combination which these are great little stream trout bait they only dive like the three dives two feet yeah two feet and i think the other the the two and a half is somewhere around there too Mm -hmm. um so we got a trout color a dirty water color and a clean water color so kind of trout patterns brighter patterns for dirty water and the natural patterns in that so it's a cool little cool little bait and, and fun for kids fun for Fun for everyone, fish catcher. So that's one of those ones you either give it to your niece or your nephew, your own child, let them go chuck around with it. But at the same time, you keep one of those tied up in your car at all times. Yeah. You drive by a little creek, a little river, you got an extra minute. Mm-hmm. Why not? See if there's anything here. That's right. Yep. Yeah. I love using it in the kayak. So, um, and then in addition to that, panfish, we have these new. Uh, tungsten crappie kings jigs which are custom designed tungsten jigs for crappie fishing so basically what we did is we took something very similar to our firefly and gypsy jig and made it tungsten put the right custom sized hook in there um and it's another thing that there's a few kind of garage shop deals out there and some some other people doing it but it's kind of surprisingly an untouched market of the specialized tungsten jigs um for open water fishing right you know we got a ton of it in ice but these are for open water so they got a little bigger hook gap a little bigger hook in them um sizes are 16th and 8th on them um just awesome and i used them quite a bit last year and they are so nice for fishing down a deep weed line Mm -hmm. because before we had to wait forever for a little 16th to get down there now the profile of an eighth ounce or the profile of a 16th ounce is now available in an eighth ounce. And I've honestly found times where it's too heavy and I got to go to that smaller profile and the 16th. So uh, we have it in a plain version to add your favorite uh, bait or soft plastic to. And then we also have an addressed version um, with some, some feathers and some flash on there. So super cool. It's exciting because this year, the the ice season, I mean, we're at the middle of February, beginning of February here. And the ice scene is season almost seems like it's 
close to the end. It's it's crazy. But you know? we we're gonna get a panfish season this year before you know Minnesota walleye opener or the other states that have a walleye season open. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to get in the in some shallow water bays with the with the tungsten crappie king. For sure, for, and under a bobber too. Yep. Like you know you always struggle with getting that jig to stand up good. Like under a bobber, that's gonna be really good. And on top of that, another killer bobber one's gonna be the flat fry fly, mm-hmm. which is the 16th ounce uh, flat fry jig, and it's tied up with a hackle collar and um, kind of a pipe cleaner body and a little feather tail. So that's going to be a killer, for sure, killer uh, under yeah, a bobber jig. Comes yeah, spring, and that's that's spring tungsten. bluegill killer. Yeah, 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 for sure. So these are labeled as crappie kings, but don't they that doesn't that doesn't mean that they're not going to catch bluegills or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, you're right. Things are come early. One of you said they're open water fishing in South Dakota yeah. already in yeah. lakes too. Yeah. It's just yeah. nuts. So we're up here, northern Minnesota. It's we got a bit of ice left, but as you go south, it looks worse like and worse. Lake Minnetonka. Yeah, Lake Minnetonka. We might April. be traveling south. <laughs> That's right. Go pick up my boat and yeah. don't forget about all my perch freaks out there. That's right. Yeah, the yeah. Tungsten Crappie King jig be is a perch a killer. Killer little mm-hmm. perch jig. You know where else I see it working too is the trend of using larger tungsten jigs for ice walleye fishing. For sure. Like waxies yeah. and whatnot. Yep. So it's going to work really good there. And I imagine you could catch them. This tungsten crappie king jig, the undress version, reminds me of a lot of that short shank tungsten jig where yep. Joey made a good point. Perch fishing, put a fat head on that. And that would be killer dynamite for yep. perch fishing. You've now got a eighth ounce jig option that is the size of a sixteenth, so you can cast it easy. Mm-hmm. You can feel it still, and all you got to do is find your school of perch, bomb one out there, doink. Which you might do, be doing a lot of perch fishing this spring yeah, too, true. along yeah. with the crappies. We have a early ice off. It yeah. might be a waste until the crappies move up in the the shallow. So it'll That's be right. cool. All right, moving on. Another big, exciting new platform we have is uh, Smeltinator. And I might give this one to Jace. Do you want to kind of take it away of how how the Smeltinator uh, came to be a Northland product? Yeah, so the Smeltinator isn't necessarily a new jig design by any means. Um, it was actually released back in 2007 by company that Brian Gustafson created called Bass Tactics. Brian Gustafson, Jeff Gustafson, Gussie, no relation there, but very good friends. Um, both live in Kenora. And then as long as John Peterson, they were fishing these Canadian bass tournaments, Lake of the Woods, Rainy Lake. And at the time, the smelt, um, the smelt were so prevalent in the lakes that that's how all the tournaments were being won. So they needed a jig that, you know, looked like a smelt, uh, at the time, there really wasn't a minnow jig out there. The Mimic Minnow jig was probably the closest, yeah. uh, but that had a little uh, less of a wire gauge of a hook. Yeah, just a standard, like, walleye, yeah. probably a mustad walleye hook. Perfect in for walleye fishing, yeah. lighter line, but these, you know, the tournament guys wanted just a little bit heavier gauge hook for four to five-pound smallmouth. Um, and Brian actually reached out to John, asking him for tips and tricks how to – go about making his own jigs, uh, building relationships with manufacturers. And John helped him out along in that process, and that's how the smeltinator came about. 
now the bat or now the Smeltnator has won Elite Series events, Bassmaster Classics, Open events, um, tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars in yeah. Canadian tournaments. All the Canadian events, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but now Northland actually uh, purchased the distribution manufacturing rights this past uh, January, or that's when we s- started yeah. create right. But we've been working on it since July. Correct. Yes. So now Northland is manufacturing the smeltnator, and what that's going to do is we're not we're not changing the design, we're not changing the hook, um, colors staying the same. The only thing that's going to change about it is they'll be more readily available yep. to consumers. I guess you could. We didn't change anything, but one thing to say is we've we've dialed in the QC a little bit better. So. The smeltnator had kind of um, gone through a couple different manufacturers and whatnot, mm-hmm. and the, the shape had changed slightly just because, you know, redesigning molds and whatnot. But when we purchased it, we were really careful to make sure to bring it back to the original, original design. Yep. It's the one Brian and Jeff prefer. Yep. Um, so it might look a little bit different, but that is the original smeltnator design. And we worked like we've been working on it non-stop since july to get it right and yep. be able to get it available for sale here yeah <clears throat> yeah it's the way that they they want it yep exactly and a lot of that design is is a little bit of cosmetics but it's balance is like the biggest thing right you know when gussie's doing that moping technique i don't know what it is about this but it just it hangs perfect mm-hmm Wherever it is in the water column, it seems and that's like. the that's the biggest deal. You cast deal it about out, it. and it rides like this. You fish it vertical; it sits vertical. Like it never does that typical jig, jig head nose dive yep. and whatnot. It just kind of swims through the water like a smelt. Right. So, in the past, the smeltnator has really only been available at Lake of the Woods Sports headquarters. Yep. Um, Handful at tackle warehouse, warehouse and uh, but Omnia, mostly but mostly available just in Canada. So. Um, you know, 2024, you'll start to see them show up in more retailers. Uh, they're available on our website. They're popular, so you might see some sizes and colors out of stock already, but we're bringing them in um, weekly, so the the stock will change on that, you know, as, as the season progresses as well. And it's a it's a tournament. It's it's designed at the tournament angler in mind, so one mm-hmm. cool thing about the Smeltnator that is abnormal of any other jig Northland produces is you can buy an eighth ounce in a one-aught hook, and you can buy an eighth ounce in a five-aught hook. Correct. Um, so there's a ton of different combinations based on the weight you want and the size bait you're using that I think it's, what, over 600 skews or something like that? It's a lot of skews. It's a lot of skews. So um, we're making sure we're going to bring everything in, and then we're going to have really, really good stock of those key skews. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the ones that, that Gussie likes to use, that he's yep. won the classic with, those two and three-out hooks. And yep. I think um, there's basically three-ace and halves are the... Quarter and three-ace are the, are the most popular okay. in a two-out and three-out hook. Yep. Um, just for a little background history of hook sizes, if you're not familiar, one-out is smaller yep. than a five-out, yep. but then it actually changes. So a number one is bigger than a number two. A number one is smaller than a, or no. yes, a number one is bigger than a number two. Correct. So it kind of goes, it goes up until you hit one, and then when you hit one on, it starts, or I should say it goes down until you hit one, 
and then when you hit one knot, it start the numbers start working out. Correct. So yep. yeah. So the the one knot hook um, would work really well in your two and a half inch baits, plastic yep. baits. We we put a one knot in the Nedster. Yep. And stuff, and it, it's like a good Ned style. Correct. One knot works well in the two and a half inch baits. Uh, Gussie and other anglers primarily use the two aught and four inch baits. Three aught for four and a half inch style baits and then that four aught and five aught into five six and even seven inch baits yep. just to help clarify with the the size hooks yeah um, and and two if you want to you know a lot of people ask like what what would normally be so in an eighth ounce jig designed for walleye and bass we would normally put a number one mm-hmm. in that in a quarter ounce we'd put a two aught and a three eighth ounce uh, we'd put a three out. So that's kind of how that yep. that falls if you're looking for what's what's normal. Yeah. So there's basically a smeltinator for any scenario. Any scenario. Pretty much, yeah. Eighth, quarter, three-eighth, and half-ounce sizes. So you have four different weights, five different hook sizes, yeah. bunch of colors. We have, uh, you know, natural colors, minnow-style colors, but there is some, th- some walleye colors in there as well, yeah. uh, chartreuse, oranges. So designed for the bass tournament, guys, but it's also a great walleye jig Correct. and works great with eye candy. Yep. Where do you start in deciding, like, what size you need? So it's, it's Is it be the weight or right? the size hook? The bait that you want to use would be where you would start. I would, honestly, if you're new to the whole smeltinator thing, we offer kits on the website. Would, That'd yeah. be your number one thing to do. Purchase a kit. You're going to have an array of sizes, weight sizes, you're going to have an array of hook sizes, and you're going to figure out what is going to work best for you. Um, to start off with one, I'd get a quarter ounce in a two-aught hook size. That's probably the number one yeah. um, uh, size combination, and then pick your color to match up with your, your favorite plastic. So if you're out fishing and you're trying to pick which one you need, are you basing it off of the weight or the hook size? I'd first go with weight just based off of how, how deep, deep you're, you're fishing. fishing. Yes. Um, and then whatever plastic or, you know, size of profile of the bait fish that you're trying to match up with, yeah. then I would pick the, the, the hook size based on that. Right. Yeah. It's a little confusing, but just keep in mind. Once, like Jay said, the kit would be an awesome thing. And yeah. once you get a few in your hand, yeah. you look at them and you're like, yep, that's the exact right. size you want. Yep. So. So along with the smeltinator, we got, the Smeltinator Underspin. And that is a product that they've been using for a while, had for a while, but haven't hasn't been available. Yeah, I got a little background story from Brian about the, the Underspin. And he said, we've had it, we've had it for about six years, <laughs> but we haven't made any to the, or sold any to the public for about two years. They dominated some tournaments um, across Canada with it. And the one thing that makes this underspin a little different than what else is out there is most of them are geared towards largemouth fishing where they have kind of an oversized hook, um, four, five-aught, even six-aught hook for big swim baits, a bigger blade on them. And what that bigger blade does is actually makes the bait rise. The nice thing about the Smeltinator underspin is it has a, a downsized blade. It's actually like two sizes smaller than other underspins on the market and what that does is you're able to fish this underspin deeper than most others on the market 
it's available same thing in all those different hook sizes um, three weights in this one it's not offered an eighth but quarter three eighth and half um, so you can put a two and a half inch paddle tail on this fish it in 30 feet of water for suspended smallmouth walleyes um, one thing that brian kind of dubbed it as and i think it's it's pretty smart is it's his pocket sized a rig there's pocket a rig yeah so pocket alabama rig which is super popular in bass fishing it's a bait that has usually five different paddle tails on it and a bunch of blades it looks like a school of bait fish um now that it's been out for a while fish are starting to get accustomed to that um the a rig the a rig yeah correct and this bait is a little finessey version of that it's only got one blade one paddle tail and those fish that used to eat to use to eat the a rig really well yeah. are biting the underspin Another thing we should hit on too, and I don't even know if we talked about that much talking about smeltinator, but the quality components in it. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're keeping all the Gamagatsu 604s in there. It's like the best. It's, a, uh, it's the, best the tournament grade yeah. bass hook. So it's it's not like a beefy bass hook, and it, but it's not like a light wire walleye hook. Like mm -hmm. it can still penetrate well on light grade and and light line. Yep. But it's going to hold up to really big fish. The points are super extra sharp. I always joke that we should do a promotion of a free pack of Band-Aids with every pack we sell because when I'm messing around with these things in the office, they are constantly poking and pricking me, like mm -hmm. super, super sharp hooks. And then they're they're ultra strong, So which is what Gamagatsu kind of prides their company on is they have the best steel wire for strength and flexibility. Um, they have a proprietary sharpening system, um, and it just makes – a dynamite lights out hook. So with the underspin, along with the Gamagatsu 604, it has a Spro swivel on it. Yep. And a lot of people say, you know, it looks like you put too big of a swivel on it, but um, Brian and Jamie messed with a lot. They, I think they said they tried every, every swivel, yeah. swivel combination in the book. And that Spro swivel in that size was super, super important mm -hmm. uh, to get the blade spin they want. So uh, Spro swivel, Gamagatsu hook, it's a that blade spins as soon as I mean yeah, you really have thing. to start moving and that blade will start spinning super slow speeds. Um, Thunderspin is a is a awesome cold weather or cold water lure to throw and you know bass might be a little bit more lethargic. I keep bringing up bass, but this this bait works for walleyes too. Yeah, I think you'd be able to catch them good under the ice with it. I think that's actually a little Lake Winnipeg secret. <laughs> yeah, I actually caught a couple of this a uh, couple of days ago on, on Winnipeg. The underspin yeah. you're using? Okay. Yeah. And we no, do it's have a, a color that's that's for Lake Winnipeg. Lake Winnipeg. Big Windy. Yep. yep. So, um, yeah, Smeltinator is going to be an awesome, awesome platform. Uh, we have we have big visions for it, and we think it's going to go really big. Mm -hmm. And then finally on the bass thing, and I think this wraps up all of our products, mm -hmm. is – Marabou. So another Canadian secret, which isn't really secret anymore, but what, 15, 20 years ago, probably yeah. more than that now, the Canadians started tying these marabou jigs. I think they got it from the fly guys. First started fly, but also crappie jigs. Okay. You guys were catching them on black crappie, crappie jigs. jigs. But the problem was, is the hook was so small yeah. that that's when they started tying their own. So they started tying their own, kept it secret for a while. Then the word got out, but it's always had manufacturing struggles. Um, big companies like us, in previously, we, we actually had a really good one for years, um, which I've heard a story that 
might be similar to the underspin that it wasn't marketed as heavy because John wanted to keep winning tournaments yeah. <laughs> on it. So, so we had a really good one, but again, it just it wasn't marketed, so it kind of fell out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, but other companies who have tried to mass produce them, they're just not right. And it's really important to have good quality marabou feathers, um, to trim those feathers so you don't have any of the stems or hard parts in them, uh, a good hook, and a good tie job. Yep. And like I said, we... We know how to do it. You know, John ties his own. Gussie ties. We tie our own. Yep. Um, but we just haven't made that step back into it because we've been walleye focused uh, the last few years. And with this new addition of the bass stuff, we're like, okay, we got to bring the marabou back. So we got this marabou jig. Hands down, it's the best mass produced one on the market. The only thing you're going to find comp- comparable to it is the guys that are selling them for 14 bucks a piece yep. who hand tie them in their garage. Yep. So these are all hand tied at our factory. The feathers are super, super good quality. Um, it's it's going to be awesome because now we don't have to spend our time tying them anymore. That's right. You can just go buy them. And I think the MSRP on them is like eight ninety nine for a two-pack. Exactly. So yep. it's a, a really good price, but the quality is 100% there. And again, that's got a Gamagatsu 604 in it. Mm-hmm. So the hook backs it up, part of our Elite Series line. So... Three different sizes. The light sizes that, I mean, the smallmouth guys use, 16th, yep. 332nd, and 8th. Yep. Uh, three colors. Two of them. One's a black. One's a black purple and a brown. And a brown, yep. Um, black is definitely the most popular. It looks like a little leech. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's an exciting one for it, and the smallmouth guys, for sure. It's another, like, great one if you have young kids and you, like, go to a trip in Canada and they just want to get there. Sure. All you got to do is tie it on. You throw it out there. Slowly bring it back to the Close boat. the bale and just slowly bring it back to the yeah. boat, just a few feet under the surface, and the smallmouth cannot resist it. Uh, Gussie's described it to us. That's just like a little little after-dinner mint for them. That's right. That, or, like, you see that, that little little cupcake sitting on the table, and you're not going to pass <laughs> it up. It's yeah. just there, and it's one bite. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Or you can just hang it over the side of the boat. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, there's been... There's been a lot of bass tournaments. One with the the guy in the back, the tournament partner. He's just dragging one. Yeah, has a has a hair jig back there about 15 feet, and yep. the bass that are curious of the boat will come up and grab that thing. And like you said, it's just a little after dinner yep. dinner mint that they can't pass up. And it, I mean, it shines. I'd say definitely early in the year, but it mm-hmm. it works like most of the year, unless yep. they're really really deep, just because they're so light because they don't sink well. Yep. But anytime they're smallmouth up shallow. A hair jig is a great, great option, or a marabou jig. So, mm-hmm. awesome. All right. Well, I think that wraps up. There's a lot of products. Our to get 2024 through. new product. I think this probably could be the, the longest. Only, the only thing you got left here is Wonder Bread weights. Oh, you're gonna add one more, Joe? Well, we don't want to leave anybody out. That's right. That's right. So, this one, as well as some of the others, <coughs> has been kind of out, kind of available been around but that's another new product for 2024 wonder bread weights people they just look good and they'll forever be the debate if a colored weight helps you catch more fish or not but i believe it attracts them in it's the first thing they see rolls by them and then like the marabou jig it's a juicy oh, little snack 100 percent trailing behind it so why pass it in what we have learned is that no matter how ugly this color is it still attracts them it still catches them um 
if anybody out there can tell us the science behind why walleyes love polka dots, colored polka dots, you let us know. You hit us up in the comments. Tell us the citizen science behind it. I have my hot take. Oh, okay, so we got one right here. What do you got? Fish key in on eyes, and they key on and on circles. So it attracts them because it looks like a bunch of eyes rolling by. And it's bright and flashy? And it's bright and flashy. And then they see a nice little eye candy snack dragging behind a, a rig. and Okay. So what all... They're curious. What weights do we have coming in Wonder Bread colors here, Sam? Uh, the... Rock runner bottom bouncers, the rock runner slip bouncers, the keel and torpedo weights, and I think that wraps it up. And but that's basically in all sizes that the, have the current existed. Northland walleye weight program minus the slick stick bottom bouncer. Okay, it's gonna have them. So your classic we, rock runner bottom bouncer, uh, keel weight, torpedo weight. Yep. Any of the weights. Any that heavy you need for yeah heavy uh, walleye terminal weight. Pulling rigs yep. and uh. uh Great Lakes guys, Clearwaters, which where Wonder Bread was born. Why not have a little mm -hmm. bit of an attractor to pull those fish in before your yeah. rig pulls by? You can see it from a long ways in Clearwater. Yep. So uh, they got the super glow paint on them, so they glow really well too. So nice little addition, and they look cool. We love Wonder Bread. It, well, you said it looks ugly, but well, I mean, it depends on who you're talking to. That's right. But if you if you want to tell us why you think Wonder Bread. Is such a fish catcher. Drop it in the comments. It, maybe we'll pick out the best uh, idea on the next one. That's that what we'll feature that. Yeah, that's right. Or the be the best the best guess. Maybe we'll send them some Wonder Bread weights. Okay. Yeah. Let's, we could do that. Let's do we that. Send some Wonder Let's Bread. Let's do that. We do that. It, are, are we doing doing regular or wrong answers only? Good answers. Good answers. <laughs> so either or. Creative answers. Creative answers. Hit it. Hit us in the comments. And what do you think? Well, slap hashtag Joe knows on there. Hashtag he Joe. He doesn't know. Doesn't but tell know. me. And then maybe you'll find yourself with some brand new Wonder Bread weights next time. Joe Wonder. Who knows? Maybe some of those other new stuff too. Hashtag Joe Wonder. Joe's Wonders. <laughs> Joe's Wonders? Yeah. Okay. Hashtag Joe's Wonders, J-O-E-S-W-O-N-D-E-R. Yes. This is her. Yeah. And let's see what we got. So we got eye candy. We got new deep V spin, deep V flash tail. We got new pitch and puppet. We got new tungsten 16th ounce sizes. And then we got tungsten panfish jigs. Smeltinator. Smeltinator, smeltinator underspin. Rumblebug and micros. Rumblebug micros. And marabou. And Maribou. That's it. And new color weights. That's right. Hashtag Joe's Wonders. So hopefully we get some open water, which looks like it's going to come sooner rather than later, and uh, get out and enjoy some of these new products. And I hope you guys all try them too. So thanks for tuning in, listening all the way to the end here. And uh, we'll be back with more from the Northland Fisherman. Northland Fishing Tackle. Fisherman's favorite, it's a fisherman's favorite.